Hi, I'm Georgia. And I'm Amanda. I have bipolar one. And I have depression. Welcome to Going Loco, a podcast where you don't have to go loco alone. We got you, boo. Think of us as a companion podcast to your next mental breakdown. Do we think mental health is serious? Absolutely. Do we need to be solemn about it? Absolutely not. Are we going to be PC about it? Not a chance. So all the lunatics, the psychos, the cray-crays, the mentals, the kooky peeps, the nutsos, we see you, we hear you. We are you. Are you low? Are you high? Come as you are. And we'll be here discussing all things mental health. Welcome. Welcome. Ding, ding, ding. Generic trigger warning. Okay, so we both hate trigger warnings and we swore black and blue that we wouldn't do a trigger warning. So here is our trigger warning. This podcast is about sad things. This podcast is about when you're having a shit one. But mostly this podcast is about having a laugh because Amanda and I never fail to find the laugh. So there's some dark laughs, guys. So, to the trigger warning, if you're a person like us who likes to stamp it all down real deep and then you can't read or hear about certain topics for fear it will completely crack you open and you're afraid you'll never stop weeping, if you'd rather shit yourself in public than cry, firstly, hello, you're one of our people. Secondly, here comes your warning that today's podcast touches on some rough content around mental health. Crazy man, a pair of shit out rats. Georgia and Amanda. Head mouse, head mouse, frequent flyers. Amanda and Georgia are going local. Come with us and go local too. We're going local. Well, because we all know and we established last week that you are the problem, <laughs> we thought maybe we'd look for some solutions. Yes, yeah, we do did. do a little bit yeah. of research. A bit of research. Well, we didn't do the research. Someone else did the research, but they kindly put it into a book for yes. us to read. And Georgia and I did the work and we read, we the, read book. the book. We read the book. Which is by a local Melbourne woman. No, she's no, not. I think uh, she's from she's Sydney. She's from Sydney. Yeah. Sorry, I just wanted Detail. to claim everything. Yeah. Um, her name is Elfie Scott. Yes. And the book is called The One Thing We've Never Spoken About, mm-hmm. Exposing Our Untold Mental Health Crisis. That's right. Yeah, and so basically a bit of a description about the book is that Elfie grew up with a mum with schizophrenia, um, but it was kind of a silent thing in their household. It wasn't really spoken about. Um, and then so it's kind of a part memoir in that way. Um, but then she kind of delves into, you know, over over the last two decades, how we've got a lot more comfortable talking about depression and anxiety, Mm -hmm. but that, um, unfortunately complex mental health conditions like your schizophrenia, your bipolar. All the good ones. All the good ones. Um. The ones that make good TV, George. So, yeah. yeah. (laughs) 
Sorry, my bad. I've learned. I've learned. I promise. <laughs> You're the problem. You're the problem. Um, you know, the psych- your psychosis, um, that those ones have kind of been left behind. Yeah. Um, and then she kind of rolls into, um, you know, our nation's public discourse around it, emergency services and healthcare systems and how it's basically failing people with complex mental health conditions. I think anyone with a mental – you don't, it doesn't need to be complex. Or any, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. But specifically yeah. she's – and I guess the lens is there's a lot of schizoph- – she's talking a lot about schizophrenia yeah. and psychosis. Yeah. Because that's her, the, what she's her familiar with. Well, yeah, her mum's experience. experience of it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, did you like the book? A bit of a book review. Did you like it, Georgia? Review. I did like it. I did. I, how about you? Um, well, because I'm the problem. You're yeah, the problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I did like it. I thought it was. Um, yeah, yeah, I did like. It. I thought it was really. Um, I thought it was a useful resource. Yeah. Okay. And it definitely yeah. like we. Obviously, we talked about it for hours. We and have. Hours. We've been texting back and forth. Yeah. We've yeah. been, We're we've been s- triggered. Yep. Hashtag triggered. Bit of crying in there. Oh, there was crying, yeah. Yeah, there was yeah, crying. There was crying. There was tears. So I'm going to say we did like the book. Okay. We did. It was a journey. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> All right. So, so let's go through some of the things you did like about it. Okay. Well, my we'll do a, we will do a few dislikes because we want to be reasonable. Yeah, yeah. We'll do yeah. We'll, yeah, a bit of a tit for tat. So my first like was that I felt that it was really, really well researched and I really loved she really brought in a lot of different lived experience yeah. like a variety of lived experience perspectives and the people she spoke to and I think a lot of those especially around schizophrenia and hearing voices I found a lot of that really illuminating yeah to me because that's not my personal experience or family experience so I found a lot of that um really interesting so I loved the real mix of personal experience but also statistics and the history um yeah. political kind of history and the funding history around it and the, the structure of the mental health system being mixed in with those exper- personal experiences yeah, yeah absolutely yeah I guess my like was that it was about complex mental health okay um yeah Disorders, because like you, I don't, you know, I knew, I know a little bit about some of the yeah, things around it, dealing yeah. with the mental health system and whatnot. But yeah, she's right. We don't talk about complex mental. We don't talk about schizophrenia and bipolar and all those complex ones. We talk, yeah, depression rolls off the tongue. I feel like yeah. every single anxiety, you know, every second person's got it. But absolutely, um, yeah, yeah. So that was definitely one of my likes. Another like? Another like. I really, um, I really appreciated how she dived into the isolation that a lot of people um, can experience when they've had a complex mental health condition and they've had like a big episode around that and the social isolation they mm. experience. Like I know with my sister um, Lexi, who I think I've spoken a little bit about before on the podcast, I'm not sure if I've mentioned that she did um, tragically take her own life but yeah she really did live in a lot of social isolation um she lived regionally they were kind of living on the edge economically because they were both on um, the disability pension and she did lose a lot of her friends after she had her big episode and you know she just wasn't able to link back into employment not without her trying either and yeah she kind of just didn't have a lot of places to go for social connection and then obviously once she lost when we lost mum to cancer I think that was 
a big blow because that was a lot of that her was a lot of her social and mum kind of really being really involved with advocating for her. So yeah, that was something I found, you know, yeah, quite emotional and like a really accurate description of a real a really big problem in yeah, the community. Absolutely. Yeah. Losing your friends. Losing you? your friends and your whole fucking footing in society. Like yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah it's rough. Yeah, and that actually came up at quite a, in a few of the like a few of the stories in that book as well so you know it's it not did. just like a yeah. an isolated thing it's like yeah it's and a I, trend it's a trend and I think I can't remember the name of the guy I think maybe it was Cameron when he spoke about losing his friends because of his mental health because um, oh, yeah, he had a big episode it was kind of eight episode. months and he was very young as well he was, he yeah. was 20 in his early 20s yeah which is a pretty formative time very too. formative time everyone's out and about they're doing all their stuff and things and then yeah you drop out of the social scene for eight months yeah and you would come back not as a different person really oh 100 percent. and lexi came back as a different person like you know, after she'd had her big manic episode and her big depressive episode after that, you know, she was visibly disabled from that point on. Yeah. Um, you know, she shook, you know, she sweated. She was, you know, a lot of the time she had quite a depressed affect. And yeah. I don't know. Yeah, we kind of differed on this, didn't we? We, we, we did. Because we, we had were, a bit of. I was like, I can understand why mm. you would find that confrontational, and especially at that age when you've you've never dealt with anything like that before. Yeah. You're just like, oh, that's in the too hard basket. For, and you were like, nah, fuck ah, everyone. Fuck. I think because it did trigger me, and because I watched it happen to Lexi, and it was so painful to watch. Because yeah. I like I saw people visibly recoil from her, oh, like yeah. friends and some relatives as well and some people couldn't even speak to her and it was just painful yeah painful to watch watch. that and you know I think yeah I know it was hard but um I think people you you got to try because well that's the whole thing this is (laughs) a whole sticky stigma around it yeah. It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. And I think that was your I remember you off the mics you were kind of saying when people are presenting with really acute yeah, confronting um, symptoms that that's when you can kind of lose people because Yeah, because you are yeah, cuz you just you become in the too hard basket, I think. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. is probably why I have more front than Maya because I'm like I don't want to be too hard. Same. I don't want to be too hard no, either. No way. Because I, I know because I was like how much I guess it's about like how much you will, um, how much we will tolerate. How, how much will people tolerate? Yeah. And, and I'm like, I can be unwell in certain ways, but I can't be like, if I was like to just be balls out unwell, oh, I, no, yeah. that's why I go to grounds. Cause I Same. wouldn't, um, I wouldn't be balls out unwell because Same. stigma, but also cause, uh, I, I wonder if it's being a woman as well. You're just yeah. a little bit like, oh, you know, be nice. Be nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I cop it. A, I feel like I really cop it a lot and kind of grit it. And yeah, I won't. I won't tell you what's going on. Even no. Stu, I keep it pretty sanitized because I'm like, I know because I did like Lex did tell me about her. Yeah, I'm having my suicidal thoughts today, and yeah, it is such a a heavy thing to carry. Yeah, that I don't want to. 
put it on anyone else. Yeah, I, I don't know. know. But then you, you have a different. You guys are a bit better at sharing, I think. In your oh family. yeah, but I don't yeah. carry. I don't carry those. Like I, I can ask and have that conversation. Yeah. And be like, you know, are you are you suicidal? Yeah, but it took a lot of practice and doing it again and again because yeah. when the answer is yes, you're like, where do you go from there? That shit. Like, but it's, you know, a problem shared is a problem halved is like, yeah, yeah, you know, and him saying it out loud and even me when, you know, when it's my turn um, and I'm saying I'm feeling like suicidal or I'm feeling like this. Yeah. Like I do feel better when I, when I say it out loud, I feel, you know, when you feel heard, but it, yeah, it is a heavy thing, but sometimes, you know, like I don't have the resilience for it to, yeah, Yeah, like I can't carry it. Yeah. Sometimes it washes over me and I'm like, okay, that's just information. But then yeah. other times when I'm feeling like a bit overwhelmed or, or something, yeah, I can't carry it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, no, I can't have that. You can have that. Yeah. Just take it back. Take it back. No, take it refund, back. refund. I don't know, my, another like I had mm. for this book yeah. was that just the broadness of topics because it – Yeah, it really did. Yeah, like a great. complex mental health issue is complex because there's so many moving parts yes. because it does affect – Absolutely. So many things. Like it does affect yeah. you socially. It can affect yep. you economically. Mm-hmm. It affects your relationships with your family mm-hmm. if your family is still around. Yep. Things like – and she goes into housing and the mental health system and, yeah. you know, law enforcement and everything and it just – I liked the broadness of it because it was like a full picture, not just being like what does yeah. it look like to, yeah. you know, have a disorder. It's like, yeah, like the, ho- the – talking about the systems around, obviously it's called, you know, the mental health crisis. Yeah. So she is going to be talking about all that, but I just thought she covered a lot of things. Okay. Okay, so just to be, you know, not so it's not a complete circle jerk, let's talk about... Um, we love you, Elfie, but it's not a complete puff piece. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some of the dislikes. Yeah, so it's one of the ones that stuck out to me, um, and maybe I don't know if it's just because I'm engaged in this space and listening all the time for the lived experience stuff and what's going on that... When she, what's the title again? It's the yeah. So it's exposing our untold mental health crisis is the subtitle. And I was like, oh, I kind of feel like it's told. Like there's a lot of voices out there, and it yeah. is being spoken about. I don't know if it's been listened to, yeah. <laughs> rate and review, <laughs> or if anyone's doing anything about it. Um, but you know, I think there's a long history of lived of lived experience movement here, and she does go in and engage with all those people. Yeah, like you, um, Sane and yeah, the founder of Sound Sane is it Marg Leggett and yeah. um, a lot of those people that were kind of there at the ground level. Um, pushing yeah, and pushing and advocating. So I was just like, oh, I think it's been told, but yeah. I mean, that's a minor criticism, yeah. I guess. And I think that's just marketing because nobody wants to say, um, this is a story that's been told already, oh, yeah. so you should uh, you should read. Here's a, here's here's a book, about a, book. <laughs> about a told thing. Yeah, that's yeah. Less, less enticing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're going to let her get away with that. Well, we'll let you get away with it. All right. I'm going to be a bit meaner. I'm yeah. not a bit meaner. There was a part of me and there is a person that she meets in the book whose children have lived experience mm-hmm. um, who said to her, oh, I'm always jealous of your experience. And I was like, oh, yeah, hard relate yeah. to that because, like, her experience with her mother who has never been hospitalised, who is, like, um, manages her schizophrenia quite well yeah. f- by all accounts in this book. At least that's what she's presenting. I'm like, it's quite easy to come down when you've had a sanitised version of mm. it. Like, I don't know. I, I almost, like, at times felt a bit angry because I was like, yeah. until, you know, you're saying we can't have stigma around these people, we just need to, like, have more tolerance and stuff. And I was like... 
until you've called the cops on your own brother because he's so psychotic that he was scared he scared you yeah and you had to call the cops i think yeah. you know maybe just ease up on the on the giving you know saying to everyone that we're we're not doing enough to to reduce stigma i guess yeah, well, and that's a valid point. I mean, you're coming from that kind of other side of it, aren't you? Like yeah. the carers, the carers' perspective. Um, and I think I don't know. Like it's the sanitized version thing. Like I felt a little bit as well because I sometimes I feel with myself that I'm a sanitized version of bipolar <laughs> because you know I've kind of scooted through the private system and i've so, just sailed just sailed through, through. Sounds so easy it's been easy sailing it, <laughs> it hasn't guys but um yeah i mean i've had a f- quite a few hospitalizations all of them voluntary but even in my kind of sanitized privileged experience of it i've had a lot of experiences of not being listened to um like I remember the obstetrician um, with my second son um, when I was talking about um, having bipolar and my yeah. sister having bipolar. Didn't even get around to telling her about that my mum had bipolar too. But when I said, oh, yeah, my sister and I both had bipolar and she goes, oh, what a waste. <laughs> Snap. Like I'd have fucking told her that we had terminal cancer. <laughs> I'm like, um, still living okay. a life, like still uh, living quite a nice life. Uh, I'm not a waste, actually. Thanks, though. Not a waste. I was just like, um, it was, yeah, it kind of jabs you in the heart and makes makes me angry because if that's what you're willing to let out to my face, oh, how yeah. does this permeate the way that you – and it did permeate because, you, you know, oftentimes – throughout that process. So when I gave birth to my three children, I had to kind of have the challenging experience of moving from your normal treating psychiatrist who trusts and knows you and you have a great relationship and it's all good to moving to being treated under the hospital psychiatrist. And it look, I won't go into all the ins and outs, but I had some pretty shit experiences all centered around not being listened to. So when I tried to explain because my first birth, I had a really shitty experience of not having access to the antipsychotics that I needed just through a bit of a fuck up of the system, even though it was a private ward. I was yeah. in the, I chose the hospital. So it's a crisis, Georgia. It is a crisis. I was in the, you know, the birthing unit and I expected the, the mother baby unit was across the hall. I thought that I was going to, I was going to give birth and then they'd sedate me and send me, yeah. wheel me over to the uh, mother baby that unit. That was the plan. It's not what happened. But, um, and so through that shitty experience, next time around, I chose a different obstetrician and a different psychiatrist and tried to explain, you know, this is the amount of medication that I needed during this process. And she just wouldn't listen. She <sighs> just, just, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I'm not going to listen to you, you lunatic type thing just wouldn't take it on board and i had to ring up my treating psychiatrist and say can you contact this person because she's not listening to me and he said yep definitely i will and i'm going to do it in a really careful way i'm not going to cc in the obstetrician because i don't want to piss her off i'm gonna i'm like like it's pretty fucked that you think so lowly of me that you think i can't tell you something about what I experienced that you don't trust 
that I can give you an accurate depiction of that. Yeah. So maybe it wasn't as sanitised as Elfie's making out, is what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah. Maybe she did call the cops. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, yeah. No, even if she hasn't called the cops, it can still be unpleasant if it's a sanitised yeah, version. That's right. Is your point. But probably, yeah. The sanitised versions are bad, but then I imagine... The calling the cops and it's that's yeah. much much worse. And I guess um, traumatizing you know, in a different way. This expectation that we should should drop all stigma depends on um, what it. That was my that was my thing. She was like, okay, you know, yeah. my um, you know, my mother's a you know a tiny little Indonesian woman. Yeah, she wouldn't hurt a fly, and it's all yeah. very like internalized. And I'm like, yeah, well, my brother's like a stocky. Yeah, I, mean, I can't do weight, but he's not a big boy. But he's like, he's not a tall boy, but he's a big boy. He's, yeah, yeah. I don't want him coming at me. I don't want him coming at anyone else either. Yeah. Um, and she does link that. You know, she talks a lot about the link between violence and stuff. But it's not that. It's the unpredictability of it. The volatility. The volatility, the volatility of it. Volatility. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and to just be like, we shouldn't have stigma against it around people. And yeah. I was like, well... It comes from somewhere, doesn't it? it yeah. Stigma, like it, it, become, it comes from when people are behaving in... Um, in a way that... Is threatening or odd or uncomfortable. Yeah. Like it even those odd or uncomfortable or even... You'd still duck and weave that as well. Yeah. I'd still cross the road. Yeah. Like someone... I'm walking down the street with, with my brother when he's psychotic. He's in a psychotic state. Yeah. And... Like if I saw him, I'm walking with him down the street and I can see people crossing the road and I'm thinking, like, yeah. fair enough. <laughs> I'd cross the road too. Because he just has this like swagger, this There's way energy. about him, yeah. this energy about him. Yeah. And to just be like, oh, we, we should stop stig- stigmatising people like that. And I was like, okay, well, that's lovely. But when we're, we're talking about your mother, but maybe not so much when we're talking about people who yeah. are. Where does it leave? Go on, Loco. Like, go on, Loco. Rate and review. Rate and review. Rate and review. Anyway, that's a small, uh, even though I've just banged on about it a lot. Yeah. Um, And it's a touchy subject because it's like, you know, especially with this whole lived experience thing going on, it's like, you can't talk about it because you don't know. And I guess I just did that. You've got a carer's lived experience, though, which Uh, is. as well. Different. Valid. It's interesting that you feel that you're not allowed to talk about it because it it's a I mean it's in the book as well towards the end. Yeah, love it's, that. You, yeah, because it is it's a valid important experience, the carer's experience. Yeah. And I think there's so much crossover, isn't there? Like often like me myself, I've had the mental illness, but I've had the caring experience as well. Yeah, I we're think, looking after you. Yeah. I think it's cuz yeah, the genes are mutant strong in my Fifty <laughs> percent like if I look at the stats, fifty percent of my immediate family has bipolar. Yeah, wow. And then looking in the um like my mum's side of the family, it's at least three out of the five of them. Like there's yeah, there's it's it's a strong gene, guys. Strong gene. Strong gene. <laughs> All right. But um, I I thought um there's definitely a generational difference too, isn't there? Because I think Elfie's probably about 10 years younger than us. Yeah. And I loved when she was talking at the start of the book about with her friends and that it was open with them talking about, 
their depression and what they were going through. Yeah. And yet she still didn't talk about what was happening with her mum with schizophrenia. And I thought it was different in our time because we, I know for me, we no. we definitely weren't sitting around sharing about our depressive. No way. It was hidden. You didn't talk about no. it. I maybe you had. You just cut up, cut those pictures of orangutans out of the magazines on your own in your spare time. I'm going to have to explain this because. Oh. The- so the orangutans guys, when I was um, in my teenage years, when I started getting the sad, starting getting a bit of depression, um, what mum said I started doing was just leafing through the newspaper <laughs> and just snipping out every sad thing I could find. And it was orangutans in Indonesia in the cages and then I was sticking it up on my wall. As you do. Because you could relate, you know. It's so yeah. emo. I feel like we need to put a call out to our listeners. It's like, what's the most emo thing you've done <laughs> when you're depressed? Because mine was no, the orang- don't do that. Don't oh, answer God. that. <laughs> I think it's, there's got to be funny stories because mine yeah. was the orangutan. Yeah, hundred percent. The orangutans. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> so besides those gripes, yes. The general consensus was <laughs> we really liked that book and we thought it was a really useful resource. Yes. For the problem of which I am. Because Elfie Elfie offers solutions. She really does offer a lot of solutions. Yeah. So one of the biggest, her biggest shtick in the book is basically about reducing stigma Mm -hmm. towards people with complex mental health disorders. Yeah. Which I just did the opposite of in my criticism of her book. Oh, the irony. I've learned nothing. (laughs) Because... You're the problem. I'm the problem. Hashtag you're, you're the, the problem. problem. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah. But so, our first thing is reducing stigma, and yeah. that is through having people with lived experience talking about and being um, a yeah. part of policy making and informing policy making. Yeah. And who's going to get the funding and where it's going? Yeah. Absolutely. Which is, I agree with that. Yeah. You should have Same. the people that are using the service. Telling you whether it's working or not. Yeah, and how to design it. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, I think something that really resonated with me um, was one of the stories um, Maria and talking about when she was disclosing her bipolar disorder. And um, I think she had a bit of a quote that was around, you know, withholding her bipolar disorder feels painful and alienating and it's kind of being forced to conceal this huge part of your emotional reality for the sake mm. of others' comfort is um, shit. Yeah. And I related to that. That's kind of why I've come out, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like when I'm withholding, sometimes it's for my comfort yeah. <laughs> too. Um, In what way? Oh, I just do not have to deal with. The response and the... The head tilt? The tilt, the eyes, or the just complete, <laughs> like... Uh, why, she panic. <laughs> why, why is she telling me this? Why is she telling me this? What do I say? Just... Uh, yeah, just the silence thing, keeping silent about it resonated with me because I remember... <laughs> keeping I remember, silent as in, like, her mum, you know, being the title of the book that... Well, yeah, they never spoke about it. They didn't it. speak about they it. They didn't and have words for it. They didn't it. have words for it, which is very similar to the way we grew up as well with what was going on in our house. Yeah. We didn't have words for what bipolar was or until kind of later on the piece. But yeah. um, when Maria talks about, yeah, the silence just 
being, oh, um, and when, once you disclose your mental illness, people are more, you know, they're kind of staking, taking stock of you in terms of your worth and second guessing your choices. Oof. And I remember, I remember telling a boss, at, um, not my current employer, but an old employer, I was, you know, talking about being worried about kind of disclosing my illness yeah. because of stigma and he very helpfully said, oh, stigma, that doesn't exist anymore. No, there's no stigma. I was like, oh, thanks for the update, buddy. <laughs> thanks for letting me know, mate, that there's no stigma anymore. Yeah. Thanks, champ. For someone who's never yeah. experienced it, of course he thinks there's no fucking stigma <laughs> because he's never experienced it. Thanks, yeah. mate. Good. Great. Thanks, buddy. Anyway, he was probably Super just helpful. trying to he's probably just trying to be nice, but Yeah. You know. Relate to you. Yeah. But Jesus, um, I think we both had a bit of a shared experience in the book with Maureen. Elfie, you made us cry, yeah, we Elfie. Both, we both cried with Elfie. Maureen. Poor Maureen. I liked oh, Yeah. I liked Maureen because her lived experiences <sighs> as a carer and I think mm, sometimes yeah. that there's a, been a bit of a push I've seen in that kind of disability uh-huh. space to be like you you technically don't have lived experience, so you can't you can't talk about it. Yeah, um, which I just did to Elfie earlier. My bad, sorry. Um, As in, because you're just a carer, you're not the person with lived experience. Yeah, you can't talk. So about you it. can't. Yeah, yeah, you're not allowed to talk about it. You're not allowed to talk about the you know the impact it's having on you. You shouldn't be talking about the impact yeah. it's having on you. Like that's not a thing. Oh, because it's kind of you know putting it. Putting the person with the lived experience down. Yep. Or, yep. Yeah. And I, no, I was like, go, Maureen. I want to hear your story. Devastating. Yeah. So, Maureen has three children, and two of them, ugh, over the course of the book, mm-hmm. they both got schizophrenia. One had committed suicide when he was yep. 22, and then she lost her daughter to complications. Was it suicide or complications? No, it was. She was in hospital for like emphysema and complications from taking her long-term antipsychotic, which always makes me anxious because I'm taking a long-term antipsychotic. Yeah, and I always like, so, sometimes like recoil a bit when I hear that because I'm like, oh god, like there's nothing I can do about the fact that I'm taking a long-term antipsychotic, and is this what happens that you end up with these? Yeah, your life expectancy and yeah, the the stats around the life, you know, your twenty, yeah. the life expectancy of someone with a complex mental health condition is twenty years. You'll die Oof. twenty years longer on average. You'll die twenty years earlier than. Is that a suicide rate thing? I wondered or, if the suicide or just like did, comorbidity, or if it's comorbidities. I don't know. This is where I sometimes often I disengage because I'm like, well, what can I do? I'm on this. I'm on these fucking drugs. I can't not yeah. be on them. So what's the That's point? That's my reality. That's my reality. But yeah. maybe I should engage so I could. So you know when you're going to die? <laughs> Great. <laughs> Can you let me know? I'll, I'll get a new podcast <laughs> partner. <laughs> yeah, you'll line up someone else. 100%. Yeah. Uh, it's but good to be prepared. It's good to be prepared. But I think, yeah, with Maureen, um, I think what made me cry was um, – the first thing was her son that committed suicide and she made this comment that she thought he would still be alive today because with the advent of second generation antipsychotic medication. Oh, yeah. And I thought, oh, that's me. Like I've benefited, like I'm on second generation antipsychotic medication. I've benefited from the shit experiences yeah. that my mum and sister, you know, the mistakes that were made in their care and 
I'm kind of living on their mm. shoulders in terms of, yeah, that made me sad. But then um, I think the next, another quote that really made me tear up was Maureen had gone to see a GP and the GP had said, you're depressed, you're suffering from depression. Mm. And she said, no, I'm not depressed. I'm suffering from grief yeah. and it's not the same thing. It's the grief of having lost all my children. Oof. I was just like. Which oh, is your greatest fear? My greatest fear, guys, because obviously my mum's passed away and my sister's passed away. So obviously everyone you love Dies. is going to die and leave you. Everyone goes. Everyone yeah. leaves. So I was like, oh, Maureen. Yeah. Maureen. Right. And then Awful. there was another quote that um, that Elfie had written towards the end of the chapter was that um, – that schizophrenia had stolen all of her children <gasps> and she was looking, she was thinking back to looking at this black and white photograph that Maureen had shown her of all the children gathered together, you know, taken in the seventies when the yeah. children were small and healthy and bright eyed and just feeling that incredible sadness and frustration about the futures of each of those smiling children in the photo <sighs> and what they were going to go on to endure. And, and then because um, Maureen's daughter, Sarah, who's in hospital with emphysema and, um, mm. you know, suffering with complications from long-term antipsychotic medication use, and she passes away in the chapter and um, Maureen says she was the bravest person I've ever known, like mentally ill people everywhere. Yeah. It was... Oh, it was tears, tears, tears. So I was cry- crying like a baby, but... um. Yeah, I think it was an important. Yeah, I thought it was an important, an important chapter. chapter to include because she doesn't have it herself, but like mm. it's still. The, you know, we talk the about the impact it has on a, a complex mental health issue can have on your life. Yeah, um, but that does extend out. It's like a, Ugh. you know, it's like a stone in a pond. It's oh, yeah. like it sends out ripples. Yeah, and. Ugh. It's not just the person doing it. It's like everybody else around them that's helping them get through yeah. that particular episode or that time in their life. Or Yeah. You just can't. I don't know. You just can't do it alone. You can't. The people that do it alone are people. They're the ones experience, on the street. Yeah, experiencing homelessness. Yeah. Um, not taking meds, can't get access to meds, can't get access to care. Because mm. uh, it, it can, you know, it can be difficult. To get yeah. access to care, like you oh. have, like even when I have all my faculties, yeah, going, I'm just like, oh, this rakes of effort. Oh, hundred percent. Trying to book a doctor's appointment. Insane. And imagine being psychotic and trying to do that. No, like, nah. if you haven't got someone doing it for you, you're fucked. Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, I, think, I think another interesting topic too was the um, the mind frame guidelines on suicide, how suicide should be reported. Oh, yeah. In the media. And then I thought, oh, I'll have a flick through and see. They actually have some guidelines on talking about lived experience. And so I flicked through yeah. and I got really angry, guys. <laughs> and I feel a bit worried. Like it's I'm, a theme tonight. <laughs> like I'm going to have probably suicide experts coming at me because I, I don't know what I'm talking about. But I'll just tell you why I'm angry. Um, so when I looked through the, lived ex- the mind frame lived experience guidance, and basically what it says is when you're telling your story, you should take out any references <laughs> to self-harm, suicide, 
treatments, medication, or advice. What the fuck? <laughs> so you've basically asked me to take out every like dot point of my whole fucking experience. How the fuck am I supposed to talk about this? <laughs> Sorry, I'm so angry. I, know, I love it. I love it. But basically, the- it's just going to be your name and your diagnosis. <laughs> And everything else is redacted. Redacted, yeah. yeah. Black, black, nah, black. Can't talk mark. about that. Can't talk about. Can't talk about that. I just maybe someone can hit me up in the comments and explain maybe where I'm missing something here. But I, how am I supposed to talk about my experience? I just yeah. that how? is your, that, that is, is my that's... that is my experience. <laughs> Self harm, suicide, treatments, medication, or advice. Like, yeah, there's literally nothing left. You're not leaving me with much leeway, guys. Yeah. Well, maybe you're only supposed to tell stories about how successful, yeah, okay, how successful your life is. Hopeful stories. Hopeful stories. Everyone uh, was pretty hopeful in this book, except for Maureen. Yeah. Wow. Oh, she was just Maureen. sad. Oh, Maureen. Maureen. Elfie. Maureen. Okay, so we can have lived experience. We're just not allowed to talk about anything. That's right. Okay, so sanitize that. that, that yeah. So that's down. yeah. That's yeah. that's solution one that she's yet to offer. Yeah. The other one was, and this, look, I'm still advocating for the lived experience. The other one was preventative care or basically yes. like long, you know, long-term community-based care where yeah. someone, yeah. I've just, I loved this. I think it was a, a chapter heading actually, um, was the ambulance at the bottom of the cliff. Yeah, that was a great so great metaphor. Yeah, yeah because it's yeah. so accurate. Like you can't get so into, accurate. you can't get a bed in a psych ward unless you're trying to kill yourself. And even then, maybe not. Yeah. Like public psych ward. Yeah, public yeah. psych ward. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the mental health system is set up so that you, yeah, basically it's the ambulance at the end of the cliff. Like you, until you fall off the edge of the cliff, you know, you can teeter on the edge all you want. Yeah. But you know, she's she's talking about we need this preventative care mm. so that people aren't going over the cliff, which, yeah, absolutely valid. I was paying. I was paying that. Mm, same. Hard. I was. Yeah. Those those last few chapters I found, like from Maureen Odwin's, like just quite grim with the stats and, you know, the really important discussion around housing. Oh yeah. yeah housing. You can't having somewhere to base go. It's level. a just base. Like if you don't have, a, what can you? Yeah. You can't get anything done if you don't have somewhere to sleep. Like, yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. And if you oh, if you're so unwell, like yeah, if you don't have somewhere to go, mm. like how are you gonna like get a good night's sleep? You know, the thing. What does it sleep, eat, and exercise are the three things yeah. that's yeah. supposed to make you feel better? Like imagine how heightened you'd be if you didn't have any housing, and we don't have enough <laughs> social housing, and the stress of trying to find that or All access the time. that, or and it's just yeah. short term, short term thing. Absolutely, oh, I can't even imagine. Yeah, yeah. So what we're talking about here is like privilege like absolutely vulnerability you're already vulnerable and then mm. to put you you know like if i got evicted tomorrow mm. that'd send me into like i'd have to take a week off work and then that's affecting me financially and uh, all just, that kind of shit yeah um, at least i have a job you know. yeah yeah having no fixed address you can't get mail you can't you get can't. you can't get on centrelink. centrelink yeah like all those kind of things they're like where do you live do you have a phone number like things that, like if you don't have a phone like mm. all this all these barriers that people are facing when they're unwell. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I thought that was that was a really good one. Paid that. Yeah, paid 100%. that really hard. 
Um, so, I, she, so she's got solutions. She's got solutions. Uh, yeah, okay. So the, the Mariah case study, we're just <laughs> laughing. This is one of our standout moments. Oh, I said to George, what's your standout moment? I was like, Mariah. Mariah. Uh, when, so they're doing – basically we're talking about reducing stigma. So is it helpful if yeah. celebrities um, come out with yes. a mental health yeah. – complex mental health disorder does that help to reduce the stigma so they did this research with (laughs) with like a fake person who was you know an every ordinary everyday person and then like mariah carey yeah and they were like these people both have bipolar like who is being more helpful towards you and everyone was like not mariah i mean what you're telling me that 20 white kittens and 100 (laughs) A hundred white doves in your dressing room is not relatable? I just, I don't know why not. She's not selling by <laughs> What are you saying? I don't know. She's a great singer though, isn't she? Great singer. She'll always be my baby. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to sing Dream it. Dream come. Yes. Ever she did that album with Boys to Men? Or was it just a song? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, it was the know. 90s. It was so all a blurred. So, so yeah. good, but but she's I don't been, know why that made me laugh, but I was just like, of all the celebrity I she could have chosen, she's the most diva, like got yeah. the most diva reputation. Yeah, so and they're like, she, do you like her? Is she relatable? Is she yeah. making bipolar relatable? Yeah. Um, no, yeah, no, she doesn't make anything relatable. <laughs> Nothing. So like, Loved I feel it. like the um the parameters of that experiment. Could have. Ch- I think they could have picked a different celebrity. We could yeah. have gone Catherine Zeta Jones. What has she got? She's got bipolar. Does she? Yeah. I love that for her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I been- didn't know. How surprising. Well, now know. I'm going to look at her through a different lens. Yeah, you Lens. Are. Nothing. Aren't you? You're going to think of her differently. <laughs> we like to see examples of people. Well, she married Michael Douglas. Yeah. You know. We can't all say right. all her choices were great. <laughs> <laughs> No, the Douglas is all right. He was great. The 90s, he made some good movies. Yeah. All right, guys. So we're going to wrap it up, I think. I think we've come to the end of our discussion. Our ranting about um, Elfie Scott's book. Yeah. Which we loved. We loved. I think it's such – yeah, it's an important book and, yeah, I'd recommend it. Yeah, very insightful. Very insightful, yeah. We loved. We loved. loved. But we're going to end on a – let's end on a high note. Okay, yeah. So earlier, Georgia was like, what was this (laughs) day? What was his standout moment? And I was like, the Mariah Carey oh, research. Mariah, the Mariah Carey research. I love that somebody's put that through an ethics, you know, <laughs> like application at the university. Is it okay? Somebody approved it. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. Don't know if, yeah. Anyway, it was great. We loved it. It was we so good. It. So that's all from us from Going Loco. Oh, we wrote. Um, yeah, so I guess we'll see you in a fortnight. Looking forward to it, team. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you can believe it, we're on social media and plugging the shit out of it. Follow us at Going Loco Podcast on Instagram and Going Loco on Facebook. Want to join your peeps? Come and hang out in the Going Loco Lounge on Facebook groups. And look, you've probably never heard this before. But rate and review and chuck us five stars and we'll love you forever. Also, got a story about going loco? DM us on socials, shoot us an email or leave us a speak pipe on the website. You'll find all the links in the show notes and we'll be going loco fortnightly. So tune in.